What's going on, guys? This is Trill Pod. I'm John Jay II. Uh, today I'm here with my roommate, my bro, Justin Peterson. Justin, say what's up to him. What's up, guys? This is Justin. Ready for a fun podcast today. It's been a while. Uh, <clears throat> ever since my my hard drive crashed uh, earlier, well, it was in late 2018, we had some podcasts on there that was supposed to come out, uh, episodes, I think two and three, uh, or sometime early in season two. And um, we lost them in the hard drive crash. So we have like pictures and footage of those, uh, but they're just like small snippets. So I'm kind of wishing they were uh, in there. But that's the last time you probably would have heard from Justin was uh, the first one, the first uh, Knights of the Round Table episode when we had like mm-hmm. Brady and Tim. Yeah, we lost there. like two others. I know, I know. But we're back. So um, today I got a little, I like, we like talking philosophically uh, in our house a little bit. You know, we get into some heated arguments. And it's all for fun, you know. We like to just talk about these kinds of things. So um, a few of the guys in the house, uh, even myself, uh, are pretty religious. Uh, we believe in God. And we Justin talked to me about these mega churches, and it's just like I, that kind of struck me. I was like, you know, I mean, there's they kind of lean on both sides, you know. They could be good and they're ethical, you know, but they also might have a dark side to them too that not everybody gets to see. Um, so we got to talk about Joel Osteen. Uh, and listen to this. So this is from a 2015 article. Uh, I couldn't find anything too uh, relevant on him, uh, at least in the recent years. But you said he might have uh, retired, right? Yeah, I think maybe his son is taking the reins now. If not, that's definitely the plan pretty soon. Okay. Yeah, so it says he lives in a $10.5 million home, which boasts six bedrooms, six bathrooms, three elevators, five fireplaces, a guest house, and pool house. And he also owns his former home, valued at two point nine million, uh, according to Culture Map. So, wow. I mean, and it also says here he has an almost ne- an estimated net worth is over forty million dollars. Like, I don't know. It's just like, where do you draw the line when it comes to these mega churches, and where when's it like too much? What do you think? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I for a, a preacher, I think that's a little a little too much. I mean. I mean, we look at people who are really successful in our culture today, and they have a crap ton of money. They have all this money, and the, I don't know. I think the six be- – do you really need six bedrooms? Like, do you need all that stuff? Do you really need it? So that that's just a, – that's a separate issue of just do people even need that. But as a preacher, I mean, I mean in the Bible, like giving – back to people or giving to people and being unselfish. I don't, I don't know if that necessarily makes you selfish because you're providing a service for all these people, but you're clearly like overdoing it on capitalizing on that. Like, I don't know if I, I don't know. That just sits weird for me. It does sit weird for me just cause you know, it's, it's God, you know, and you're preaching the good word and uh, you know, this is God's word that we're preaching. That's what we, that's what I think. And that's what I believe. Uh, and God's word should be free of charge. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm not saying that it's not free for a lot of these people, but I mean, people are almost looking at him. I hope they don't start looking at like him, at him, like Joel, uh, that is, uh, as some sort of God, you know, a false God. Um, but he's preaching the good word, so it's like hard to refute that. Um, but people are paying. I know it's got, it can't be cheap to go see Joel Osteen oh, in dude. person. You know what I mean? It can't Thousands be cheap. of dollars for like, they have season passes. It's almost like he's, he's trying to merge entertainment and the entertainment business and religion yeah i, I, mean, I people definitely shouldn't see have that. to pay for that i definitely see that and these are the controversies that he faced i mean i don't really know a whole lot of joel osteen's backstory on how he became part of a mega church um you know or anything like that uh but it's just a really interesting aspect to look at especially when it's like okay these guys are doing something they're preaching the, the free word 
Um, and, I think his father but people want it. to. Yeah, did it? Okay, yeah, because he he had to have get his, got his influence from somebody. But he took it to the next level. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I mean, the other side of it is like, how, how can we really blame him for it? You know, he's just doing him. He's uh, he's living his life. He's successful. Uh, he's got a family, and I think it really does come down to how much is he giving back? How much is he actually practicing what he preaches? And you know, not just doing it for the money, doing it for the culture of it and doing it for like good things. I guess that's only between him and the big man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that's just an interesting aspect to think about. Mega churches as a, as a whole uh, is just an amazing, uh, amazing thing to talk about. Uh, it's just, it's, ah, it's almost like an anomaly in a way. It's just so intriguing, uh, the different different aspects of it yeah it's interesting how people can get into that too because especially if you're like deeply deeply religious or faithful person most people prefer the intimacy of a smaller church because then you get to know everyone in the church there is no way that the majority of those people actually know who joe olstein is like on a personal level so it's just like you lose all those connections and stuff but there's obviously they're paying thousands of dollars well some people are the people in like the front rows for season tickets, they're paying thousands of dollars. So obviously there's something there for them, but it's just interesting. I would like to know what that is. It would be interesting to go see one of the shows at some point, or I don't know if they call it a show or a normal church, I guess, but it'd be interesting to experience that and see what it is that is so infatuating about it. Yeah. It would really, it'd be cool to see, uh, or just like go to one of his events and then go like maybe go a long time before and just interview some of the people that are there and why they're there. Um, I mean, I just Googled Joel Osteen. It looks like he has events coming up February 8th uh, in Sunrise, Florida. And then he's got one, got one in Phoenix uh, come March 15th. So, I mean, it looks also like he's he still speaking. Yeah, I wonder if I could find, like, the price of some tickets on here. But uh, that's just – that's just. Uh, I forget where the church awesome. – his main church is. I think it – I want to say Houston. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. It says he's born in Houston, Texas. Yeah. I think he rented out like a an old sports arena or something like that. Oh, okay. That would make sense. Yeah, they've got like um where the concession stands were and stuff, they sell like merchandise for the church. Wow. <laughs> it's really weird. It's almost like an athletic event, but for God. <laughs> That's insane, man. Uh but yeah, so let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, I kinda wanna I've just started taking some supplements like vitamins, you know, multivitamin, uh taking some vitamin E. Uh I I I've been told to uh put lavender on my pillow, like just different kinds of supplements that I heard to be really natural and really really uh good for your body and really does better things um for your body than maybe certain drugs would. What do you what do you have to attest to that? Uh yeah, I I I've been taking um a couple of nootropics which are like vitamins for your brain basically. And I have been taking a couple. So I'm taking first of all I'm taking uh fish oil every day and I'm taking another su- uh, substance called lion's mane. These are all natural substances. Um so lion's mane is a mushroom and it's just ground up into pill pill form and what it does is it helps facilitate neurogenesis it helps with memory and focus um and it helps repair uh, broken or weakened connections in your brain it also helps facilitate creating new ones so in a way it just makes your brain more efficient and stronger which is good and i feel like i've been taking it for two three months now pretty consistently and i feel like it's helped me a ton i'm also taking other nootropics i'm taking alpha brain 
which is a product of Onnit, which is created by Joe Rogan and his company. Um, but I feel like these things combined together, I mean, the fish oil is really good for your skin and I have certain skin conditions. So that's been helping a little bit, but I feel like the nootropics have been really helping me with my brain function lately. I've a long time ago, it was probably about a year and a half ago now, I was diagnosed with ADHD here at, um, here on campus by one of the doctors. And I mean, I was prescribed Adderall for a while and I was taking it. It just kind of seems like it's more of a, a treatment than an actual solution to the problem. And yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, that's interesting. That's an interesting aspect to it too, because, uh, as you guys may or may not know, I'm kind of, uh, a stickler when it comes to mental illness. I'll save that for another podcast so I won't get too into it. Um, but just when it comes to over-medicating, especially children, uh, people that are young, uh, especially giving them Adderall for maybe they have, like, for example, like there's plenty of students in like first, second, third grade, elementary school grades, uh, they're getting prescribed Adderall uh, when really they don't need it. Uh, they're just, they're really still developing um, and it's just it's it's crazy to see these uh, doctors think that over medicating our children just to really pipe up big pharma is um, is the smart move. And it's really not. And hearing things about like these nootropics and different natural substances that can really help you and really fix the issue. Um, that's it's really that's a great alternative that I think we should be looking more into and funding more. Uh, but what do you think about that? Yeah, and I, I think there, there's a lot of good things that you can do other than prescribing people things like Adderall. I mean, it, it gives there's so many side effects that make it not even worth it. Like it's terrible. You, I mean, you can become addicted to it. You can you feel like a lot of people feel anxiety and stuff like that. And I don't know when I got off of it, I didn't feel any different than when I was on it. So, so I just stopped taking it because I don't really like to feel a dependence to anything. Right. Um, yeah. It's that's not good. No, and I I don't know. It just seemed more like a treatment. And I feel like there's there's natural substances out there. I mean, there's probably other things that we can tap into that lead us more into progress than just sustaining where we're at um, and actually, like, help facilitate growth in the brain and make you better, which is what everyone should strive to do. But, yeah. What were you talking about how uh, it's going to, like, uh, this this one, was it lion's mane that can, like, regenerate neurons possibly? It's not, like, confirmed yeah. or anything yet, but... Like, what were you saying about that? That was pretty interesting. Yeah. It, um, so all Just your, tell me the process of it. Yeah, right? all your neurons, they have axons, which send a signal out to other neurons. And uh, there's a, it, what it does is it helps, it helps thicken the myelin sheath and also strengthens other connections between neurons. It can also create new connections in your brain. Um, it can regenerate old ones that have been damaged and I, I've sustained a lot of concussions in my life and it's always struggled I've always struggled with that and I think that's part of the reason why I suffer from symptoms of ADHD I'm not even sure if I really have it but I I have a lot of the symptoms and that might be part of it my brain is just starting to like kind of degenerate from that and I think this has been a productive bounce back and i don't know if it's entirely that i'm sure that the placebo effect plays a big part in it because i genuinely believe these work and the placebo effect is probably more powerful than any drug that we have like as long as you it's weird like your body as long as you the believe, placebo effect that is yeah as long that's as that's a phenomenon if you wholeheartedly itself. believe that something's working for you it can actually work for you and that's insane so that coupled with the actual effects of the drugs I, I think it's been extremely beneficial in my life. Like I, I don't, I, I've been off Adderall for a while now. I stopped taking it 
before I even started taking the nootropics because I just didn't like the effects of it. And I hardly suffer from any of the symptoms of ADHD. Like my confidence has gone way up. I'm just not stressed out anymore. And I mean, outside of actual drugs, there's a lot of psychological work that you can that could be done to help people through things, especially like ADHD, like managing stress and all that stuff. I mean, even just like, I mean, the placebo effect is a psychological effect. It's, there's so many other ways, like you can see a therapist. You have to see like the right therapist because not a lot of therapy like works for people. But if you take the right measures to build, uh, you can almost build like a psychological like barrier to help you with this stuff. So I, I think there's a lot of better routes than Adderall in the case of ADHD. That's interesting too. And I like, let's, that actually reminded me of something, but um, something that I hold re- really near and dear to my heart um, is the whole aspect of being strong-minded. And I talked to this, talked to many people about this on the daily about it. Um, it's just like how important it is to keep your mind sane. Um, and there's just so many... Uh, my grandpa actually, before he passed, stayed in a, at a nursing home, uh, and it was uh, it was in Canada. And I saw a lot of people in there that have pretty much lost their mind, um, essentially. And it's just like it's crazy to see that. And I hope that I don't live to the point where I'm losing my mind like that. Uh, but there's different ways to prevent that from happening too. Um, that you got to keep in mind, and you got to keep keep close to you when you're young. Uh, and you have strong mind activity, brain activity, uh, and just how important that is to control so many aspects of your life. Because, yeah, there are things we can't control, um, but to be able to know that we only can do what's within our control and just to be strong-minded in that uh, and spend time pondering that and just being like, okay, yeah, I can I can really handle any situation that, that gets thrown at me, uh, and I'll have a way to deal with it. And just having that mindset and being able to conquer things instead of succumbing to, uh, you know, anxiety or, you know, depression, things like this that, that affect people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very important. It's just really keeping strong brain activity is so important. And there's another interesting thing about like the fungal compounds, especially like lion's mane. And I mean, psilocybin helps with that too, but that's, that's an illegal drug. So we won't even talk about that, but things like lion's mane, they actually, some of these nootropics can actually they're almost like a reverse Alzheimer's. Like they, they counteract the degenerative uh, effects of Alzheimer's throughout your, the course of your life. So if you're consistently taking these throughout your life, like your brain function will be drastically improved later in life. Like you won't lose your mind. I mean, there's still a chance you might lose your mind, but it, it helps always, strengthen I feel like your brain pathways. Yeah. Yeah. Like you won't, your brain won't degenerate as fast. I feel like there's always a chance that you're going to lose your mind. Uh, and there's just really nothing you could do about it. Um, but doing the doing and taking the necessary steps to at least try to prevent that, uh, I think you got a foot in the right direction. Uh, that lines me. That really intrigues me. I need to get my hands on that. I think because I think, uh, yeah, that just sounds really good. And I I, I want to since I stress it so much, I want to maintain a solid and like secure mind as long as I can. Because I know once my mind goes, I'm done. You know, what I mean, <laughs> like. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about that and just the whole aspect of that we're getting older uh, and that we will reach that point someday. You know, we're doing what we're doing now uh, will either pay off or will uh, be detrimental to us. Yeah, our bodies are kind of like a fragile ecosystem. So the, the, 
the longer you can keep it strong, the better. So there's there's really no harm to at least going out and just taking vitamins, like daily vitamins every day. Like if you take those every day, I mean, it's not like a myth. Like they're they're beneficial for your body and they help your body with its general processes throughout life. And you can just build a stronger foundation to survive longer. I mean, it, it no doubt will help with longevity and just overall health. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, how how like. Other than that, though, how, how important do you think it is to manage and maintain a strong mind? And, you know, I'll go back to a little bit about how I feel about mental illness and how a lot of it is is based on your brain activity. It's based on what you've been able to overcome, what you've been able to take at you uh, and basically analyze, take in, regurgitate and just kind of move on with. And it's just really I think it's really crazy to see how different people uh, you put like a group of people. Uh, in the same situation, give them the same upbringing, uh, and based on their brain activity, based on how how you know how much they care about having a strong mind, and you know other influencers. I think I mean this is impossible to conduct an experiment like this. But if you take like five to ten people, give them the same upbringing from being born until they're like fifteen, sixteen, and then take them all in when they're eighteen, and then just kind of study them and see how different they are and then see what kind of uh i feel like that's the only way you could really study like mental illnesses but then again it's so it's so the incidents are so isolated uh where i feel like it's hard to compare and make generalizations about that yeah yeah what do you think i mean there's i mean there's so many environmental factors that um interact with that we interact with every day that shape our brain growth and just how we live our lives i mean that's that's shown like there's studies out there from like identical twins that have been separated at birth and they've lived different lifestyles and obviously they're the same in a lot of ways because they're genetically identical but that's true they they behave differently because of the way that they're brought up but i mean just to kind of bring it full circle i mean our brain is our greatest asset i mean i believe that and the stronger we can keep it the healthier lifestyles that we can lead will obviously just be better for everybody yeah i I couldn't agree more and uh, of course there's and i believe that like you know they have like down syndrome and people that are uh you know they have slower brain activity i I wouldn't consider those to be mental illnesses just because uh that is something that we can physically see that is uh different from the normal brain uh that's more or less a physical illness um so i just want to put that out there is calling it a like a mental disorder would that be any different I feel like that's, it's just calling it something. It's just like tomato, tomato to me. Um, but I mean, a mental disorder, I would rather, I would rather hear mental disorder than mental illness. Just because when you say illness, you're giving that stigma to it where it's like, okay, there's some, there's something that we can see physically that is wrong with this person. Yeah. I think um, it's just, see it. I think we just define illness, mental illnesses or mental disorders as something that conflicts with the way that we think that our minds should yeah, be formed. Yeah, and th- those are happening. I mean, I, I would I would be open to, you know, analyzing those and, you know, talking about those. Um, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. There is a lot of varying different types. Like, I mean, yeah. like addiction is a mental disorder. It's classified as a mental disorder. So it's yeah, like, and that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, there, there's there's just varying degrees to it. Yeah, no, there definitely, there definitely is. Uh, and it's important to note that as well, uh, just because... Uh, I mean, let's face it. Life is hard. People can't deal with a lot of the stress that they're put on put under, like on a daily basis. Um, it's a lot sometimes, and I get that. And I've been put under stress before. JP, I'm sure you've been put under stress before. 
Uh, and we all got to deal with it. We got to pick yourselves up and move. Uh, it's just really interesting to kind of see how different people handle that. But in calling it a disorder, um, I feel like I feel like we don't uh, medicate these people though with like strong drugs, strong like opioids. You know, we do we do that or we don't do that. Right? Uh, I mean it probably depends it's probably a case by case basis yeah so it yeah, probably, probably depends some like, some are medicated some aren't because sometimes there's just really nothing you could do but like even take like like would you consider gambling like people that gamble like their life away would you consider that to be a mental disorder where they have a problem and they need to fix it gambling um it, potentially if it, if it's it kind of like an addiction if it like, would be classified as an addiction then yeah absolutely yeah, it's mental yeah mental impairment for sure for sure yeah that's interesting too the whole and the like, cause my my uh, mom's sister, she actually uh, was a uh, she was a dealer uh, at blackjack table in um, Caesar's Windsor back in the day, and she would tell me how she knew her coworkers that would come to her table, and then she would just get on like hot streaks, and she would she would honestly tell people to leave because they were just they were gambling their lives away, they were gambling their their entire paychecks away, and they got kids at home, and you know they can't pay rent. They barely got enough, you know, to pay the bills, you know, feed their family. And, you know, sometimes it's not even, they don't even have enough for that. They just want to make that come up. And the fact that they're willing to risk it all that they've worked so hard for mm-hmm. uh, in that week. And they can't have that great of a job. They're probably like maids at the, in, in the, uh, you know, I don't know, cleaning up or you clean, you know, I don't know. They probably don't have like high up CEO jobs. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume they do. Um, but just the fact that they're willing to risk it all for that big win uh, it's just crazy to me, and I mean, I, I don't think that's anything short of a mental disorder at the at the least. Yeah, it's actually actually kind of interesting because um, there's a lot of people in this house that gamble, and I, I guess I have a question for you. Um, I mean, obviously, you're a little bit more responsible than the people that gamble their lives. Well, you oh, don't yeah. bet very much, and you don't bet super often, but you do no. bet on like games and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I yeah. just want to like kind of pick your brain a little, like yeah, for why. sure. Why, why do I, uh, yeah. Why do you want to gamble? Why do I want to gamble at all? Is it just fun? I I think it's just fun. I think if you're just doing it, you're throwing a couple bucks around here and there. Is it like the smartest way to spend your money? Probably not. Um, cause it's all chance. Yeah. It's all, it's all based on chance. You know, you really, I mean, if you're betting on basketball games, college basketball, you can look at the spreads, look at past performance. Um, you know, whatever, what have you look at, past stats from past games um seeing who they're playing who's ranked what other teams records are oh i feel like college basketball is going to be the worst one these days oh it is the especially NCAA tournaments always turned upside down oh my year. god especially i i would not touch a single game in march madness i don't care what uh part what series it is uh, or what uh you know whatever what whatever round they're in you just never know no especially march madness especially march madness you don't know on a daily day basis um because Past performance does not guarantee future results. And that is, I can't stress that enough. That uh, proves true in so many different cases. Well, statistics and probability only go so far. Right, right. They do. Because at the end of the day, it really is just chance. Well, There's yeah, so many variables it's, it's gotta you can't be possibly yeah, compute because, what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's, that's an interesting aspect, too, because you know, you're throwing so many different variables that can't even be control. Uh, they can't be compared to the past one enough, like to the point where it, it's even comparable. Um, cause it's almost like you got new odds, new statistics that are possible for every game. Um, I mean, I'm not saying you can't look at past performances to, you know, kind of give you like trends and stuff. I'm not saying that 
that's impossible. Um, <clears throat> but just like people that I see, and I got buddies that do this, throw tons of money on sports games, and it's just like they're throwing a big portion of their paycheck. So how does that make someone any different than the coworker that my aunt had at uh, the casino? You know what I mean? It's just like why would you risk it all like that? And I just, I, I definitely think that should be considered a mental disorder. And it probably is because it's considered to be addiction, you know, gambling addiction. I hear on the radio, uh, there's a hotline, I guess, for gambling addiction. And it says at the end, just it, the uh, knowing your limits is the best bet. They say that it's like a little catchphrase. is the best medicine when it comes to addiction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Addiction. It definitely is. And that <clears throat> and but I feel like that's something that is so hard to instill in somebody that has already got the bug um, and they they already feel like they got to win it all. It's like, okay, I don't, I really, they, they'll look forward. They won't look back. They're like, okay, I don't really care how much I lost. Chances are, and they know this, this is undoubtedly, they, they know this. I'm so far in the hole where it's like, I can't stop now. I'm, I'm too far, you I'm make too your far money deep. Back. I got to make my money back. And that, that itself, Instead of chasing income. like that, oh my gosh, that's the most dangerous thing that my, my aunt said that too. Once you start chasing, then you are screwed. Yeah, and I can I can believe in like gambling in other ways, and it's not it's not per se gambling, but it, it kind of is like going like starting a business. That's a gamble, but the, I feel like that's a productive gamble. Like if you got a good plan, you got a good system in your favor here, like then you can open the door to steady income. Whereas if you're gambling, it's always going to be inconsistent. Oh yeah, always. always. Gonna be it's always going to be up and down. Yeah. So. Well, good deal. Well, good deal. Hey, Justin, I'm going to wrap this up here. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Uh, do you got any last words for the folks? Uh, no, man. It's been fun. It's good to be back, guys. It's, yeah, it's great. I'm, it's great to have you back, too. I want to get more people in the house that are down. Uh, for sure. In ADL, you know, the house is here. Uh, we're always, you know, in here making shit. It's dope. Uh, we got to spend more time in here. I want to get on something more consistent, too. We're putting out some more pods uh, during the week, uh, and I feel like it would be great, and we can touch more topics that way. Uh, I got some big, big plans coming for future podcasts, so I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you guys uh, so much for joining us today. I'm John Jay II. This is Trill Pod, and have a great night. Mm-hmm.